you know, my dad um, let light perpetual ever shine upon him. When he was always at a loss for words, he would just look at me and say, well, son. And I remember one time when I was little, I was uh, talking about being hungry. I said, Dad, I'm hungry. And he said, looked at me and said, well, son, what do you want me to do about it? Go find something to eat. And I said, I don't know, Dad. Like, I don't know, make me some food. And he just looked at me. And he said, poof, you're some food. Of course, I'm sure a lot of this has happened to us from our dads, you know, little dad jokes. But of course, words have meaning and power. We've got a set of three readings today from the scriptures that all talk about words and the power of words. Our readings today touch all on speaking with some authority of God, specifically. The passage from the Hebrew Scriptures we have from Deuteronomy, Moses is talking and relaying this word of God about the prophets, people who speak with the word of God. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, is talking about food sacrificed to idols. In this passage from Mark, Jesus, as the Holy One of God, is exercising unclean spirits in this new teaching, with some kind of authority unknown to the witnesses of this act. Now Moses, of course, was this man who knew a thing or two about the Word of God. He's relaying this message from God that prophets will be raised up amongst the people, and God will put words in their mouths for them. And yet, also, there will be false prophets who will speak in the name of idols and lesser gods, and false prophets who will presumptuously speak in the name of God, who will speak things that will not come to pass. And some will even suffer dire consequences. Death. God takes God's word seriously. And God wants us to take God's word seriously, too, right? Even the name of God is to be taken seriously, as God commands us. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, is talking about things a little bit on the other side, about how there are other people who sacrifice foods to lesser gods and to idols. And yet we, as Christians who believe in the one true living God, aren't beholden to the vanity of these sacrifices, so much as we are bound to love others and to build them up and not to be stumbling blocks for them, no matter the words that they use. In the passage from Mark, Jesus is exercising a man with an unclean spirit. This man starts speaking out against him, questioning who he is, and he recognizes that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Jesus commands the unclean spirit out of the man, speaking with this authority of God, the creator and ruler of all things, yes, including these lesser 
spiritual forces like this demon. Well, what is it for us to speak with this authority of God? To speak with this authority that we are named and claimed and beloved children of God, just like Jesus. Does it mean that we cast out demons? Perhaps it means even more. As Jesus decided as saying elsewhere in the Gospel of John, very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Words in the name of God have power. To speak in the name of the Lord, something comes of it, as Moses gets at in the passage and prophecy from Deuteronomy. Words in the name of the Lord have power, and that's why something like prayer, of course, can be so powerful. Whenever we pray for ourselves or we pray for someone else, Not only intercessory prayer, as we often do, prayers that can help a person, another person, especially a sick person, we we tend to pray like that, but also our own prayers of petition and adoration and lament and thanksgiving. Prayers that conform us to the will of God. How powerful is that? Words in the name of God have power. It could be a word as simple as amen. That one little word that we all say at the end of our grace before a meal or after a meal or at the end of the creed or at the end of the Lord's prayer or at the end of the Eucharistic prayer or whenever we receive the bread and the wine, this little amen, this little may it be so, this little yes, God, your will be done. It could be something as daring as telling someone the ways in which you see the Christ, you see the anointed in them. For as just as Jesus tells us in the parable of the king, the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. It could be a word as bold and fearful and courageous as looking someone, looking at someone and telling them in that loving way that you know that God has made them for more. Often that starts with the first step of telling ourselves that God has made that person for so much more. Of course, we cannot be our fullest selves without love. 
particularly without the love of others, of those around us. And others cannot be the fullness of themselves as God intends them to be without the love that we give, the love that God calls us to give, the love that God gifts us to give. We speak with the authority of love, with the authority of God, God's love, that is, to build up, as Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians. Love that builds up. It builds others into the fullness of being that God intends each and every single one of us to be. That fullness of being that God has created and is creating each of us to be. Beloved children of God, our Heavenly Father. So, poof, you are a beloved child of God. (laughs) Let us join our hearts and our words together in prayer as we approach God's table where we give thanks and we meet God's love made known to us in God's word through God's people, in God's word through God's prophets, and in God's word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. Amen.